So many things I struggled with, so mm. many things. I can remember for struggling with, with leadership. You know, I was, what, 20, 21, 22 when I had my first team and I'd never had a team before. <laughs> Do you find yourself winging your way through life, hoping you'll figure it all out on the way? Hello, it's me, Gabby Mendez, your 20s wingwoman, and you're listening to the Talk 20s podcast. Here you'll find me chatting to influential 20-somethings on different topics that matter to you in your 20s and all the things we never got taught in school. This is your ultimate guide to adult life. So if you're ready, let's go. Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Talk 20s podcast. Today I'm joined in the studio by Hannah Anderson. Hannah was the co-founder of Social Chain and now is a managing director at Kyma Media. I'm so excited to invite her into the studio today to talk all about leadership in your 20s. So hello Hannah. Hello. Thanks for coming into the studio. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat to you because you have probably one of the most interesting backstories and craziness that has happened in your (laughs) 20s that I think we've ever really had on the podcast. Yeah, it's been been a whirlwind. (laughs) Yeah, it has. You're 29 at the minute, but your 20s have kind of catapulted you into a really crazy place that you probably never expected to be. Never, ever, ever in the world expected to be where I was. Never, you know, never even had considered you know business or or anything like this when I was younger I I from 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 being five years old I wanted to be a primary school teacher Mm. from my very first day of primary school you know I walked in and I had this most amazing like Miss Honey style teacher and I was like (laughs) I want to be like that and from then on up until you know the age of like well 20 really like Mm. I was dead set on becoming a primary school teacher um it was just when when this kind of new world of social media kind of came along mm-hmm. that I just got really interested in it and almost accidentally kind of fell into this world of of, of social and, and, you know, have been very, very, very lucky to have kind of timed it right and met the right people mm-hmm. and, and, you know, be here where I am today. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. It's an amazing wild. story and one wild that I think story. is yeah, quite inspirational. So if we take our listeners back to Hannah at 20, where was Hannah at 20? Um, so Hannah at 20 was uh, studying at Northumbria University mm-hmm. to become a primary school teacher. Um, yeah, so I was in my, so I had a year out in between, um, I had a year out between sixth form and uni, um, worked at Sainsbury's on night shift, good times. Um, <laughs> and then, so at 20, I would have been in like my um, like first or second year, trained yeah. train to be a primary school teacher, um, which, like I said, was was my passion, was something that I wanted to do for, for, for mm. such a long time. Um, but if you imagine at this time, it's what, 20, you know, 2012, um, mm. and it's at this point where social is really starting to take off. So over the pa- past, you know, five six seven years you've had things like myspace crop up you've had things like facebook crop up twitter's relatively new twitter's maybe only like three or four years old mm. um and i had been very like into socials since being in sixth form so you know 16 um 16 17 years old i made my very first social media page on facebook um 
about something that at the time and still to this day I'm very passionate about, which is sandwiches. Um, so my first ever Facebook page, and it's still there, um, and it's kind of a stream of my 16-year-old consciousness, um, is called I Could Always Do With A Good Sandwich. Um, and it got 2,000 likes. That's nice. And like, I was absolutely buzzing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this sandwich page, was was just inviting all my friends at Sick Form to, to like it. And people were like, well, Hannah, will you please stop inviting us to like your sandwich page? You <laughs> absolute freak um but I loved it and I thought it was great and like you know like if I got like 10 likes on a post about me having a ham and cheese toasty that day that was like the greatest feeling in the world mm-hmm. um went off to uni to become a teacher um and Twitter kind of came along and I I I was so fascinated by it because I saw people like normal people normal kids in their bedrooms with like 50 60 70 80,000 followers mm-hmm. um and I was like how are they how are they getting that that many followers that's like insane mm-hmm. um and I was like I want to give it a try so I gave it a try and what I'd what I'd do at the very start was I'd follow manually follow a thousand people every single day um literally like scrolling through Twitter just following people mm-hmm. um because I knew if you were to follow a thousand people you likely get maybe 20% back so you get 20 mm-hmm. 200 followers back and over maybe the course of like a year gained about 30,000 followers mm-hmm. um and it was at that point that I kind of realized like even though I've got these followers people don't give a give a shit about me like mm-hmm. people don't care about me like I'm just a, a kid so I started tweeting about things that I thought you know people on Twitter cared about so I, start, I kind of flipped that account to a One Direction fan account <laughs> um which yeah going back that 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 kind of made me a One Direction stand still to this day. Um, yeah. But anyway, I kind of, I started to realise, right, people don't give a, people don't care about me, people care about themselves. So I mm-hmm. thought, what do people care about? One Direction, that was one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, what do I care about that other people think, um, care about? Harry Potter. So mm-hmm. I made a Harry Potter page. Um, it was called Hogwarts Logic. I just posted like silly, like things in, you know, jokes about Harry Potter, puns, um, like Harry Potter facts, things like that. That blew up. I had a page about The Sims, which is, you know, a humong- huge mm. game. I loved playing The Sims. I've played The Sims since I was little. Huge, huge game. Massive fandom online. That was Sims logic. That was kind of, you know, obviously The Sims is a is a um, game about uh, human life. So it's obviously very, it's flawed in, mm-hmm. in it. You know, in, in its logic so that that was funny again that got about 100,000 followers in a couple of weeks um, and then the biggest one 100,000 followers in a couple of weeks I have to yeah. interject there like how like how I mean obviously you, I feel like you were really targeting in on your niche there you were like I love this and I'm so passionate about it but I know there's other people who share yeah. that common ground yeah. And do you think that's why it blew up? 100%. And you've got to remember, I'd spent the past year building this base of, you know, maybe 30,000, 40,000 followers on my personal account. So what I had was a springboard to Mm -hmm. launch all of these accounts off. Mm -hmm. And then the more accounts that I started to build, the more of a springboard I had. So I would, you know, once Hogwarts Logic was to a certain size... And, and uh, you know, I started Sims Logic or whatever. I could retweet one onto the other, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, springboard them. Mm-hmm. Also, once you've got those amount of followers, there's other people in the space who want to do the same. So you, you know, it was a case of like, oh, I'll retweet you if you retweet me, and mm-hmm. that again, kind of built everything up off of off off of there. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I think obviously content is is king. You can't just, mm. like I said, you can't just post anything and expect to blow up because no one cares. Um, the biggest account I suppose the one that kind of drove the most hype at the time 
was an account called Primary School Problems. Um, so I was still in university. I was going into, I was, you know, trained mm-hmm. to be a teacher. So I was gone on placement all the time. I was mm-hmm. going into, into school in, you know, year one and, and um, nursery and things like that. And I was seeing things that, that in, in these, uh, in school that I remember from when I was yeah. in school. And I was like, this would make a brilliant Twitter page. Mm-hmm. And that one, like... Can I just say, I didn't actually know that was you, but I know exactly the page that you're referring to. And when you just said that, I was like, oh my God, was that you? Because I retweeted. It had a a plimsoll as the um, the logo. I... How did I need, I'm not even know yeah. that it was you that was behind that. I knew about Sims Logic. I knew about Hogwarts, but I, I, I didn't know that was you. And I used to obsess over that page. I used to look at every single post and be like, that's hilarious. Cause it's so true. Yeah. And I think obviously I was in, I was do, I did the same as you. So I, I studied uh, education at university, like with, you know, plans to go off and be a teacher, obviously like you didn't end up sticking to that, but like I remember seeing that and thinking it was hilarious and everyone on my course thought the same and I'm sure lots of people in the UK could have related to that you've just blown my mind I've just been sat here for for like five minutes chatting to you but I can't believe that that all of this has led you to where you are today because it made sense it kind of took your primary school direction off like in a way way different path didn't it yeah very very different path very different path it's it's wild to think about because and I think what the what the 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 best thing about it is is like I started this out as a passion and I haven't Mm -hmm. and I haven't lost that passion Mm -hmm. like which is which is you know it's a very lucky situation to be in um very privileged position to be in um so it, it's it's great and again like I said a lot of it came down to luck so I had all of these pages I was still you know training to be a, a primary school teacher I told nobody on my course I told I like kept it a secret mm-hmm. um because I was so worried that like if one of the lecturers found out that like I was tweeting about like these stupid things <laughs> like they'd be like right you're, you're kicked out um but I told nobody but luckily um it was Dom actually who dm'd me on one of my pages um must have it must have been like summer summer two like end end of summer 2013 so late 2013 Mm -hmm. um and he said like (laughs) the message read hey man love the pages um would like would like to talk to you about an opportunity hey Mm -hmm. man because i was faceless and he didn't know you know that i was um that was female and that at the time and you know people who were building pages were were predominantly male Mm um but uh and I was like, cool, yeah, like, let's have a chat. So Steve and Dom, at the time... Just to, just to jut in there. So we're talking about Stephen Bartlett, yeah. who's currently in Dragon's Den. Yeah, so Steve, The youngest yeah. dragon in yeah. the Dragon's Den. And uh, Dom McGregor, who were your co-founders from Social Chain. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So, yeah, these... Again, at the time, they were kids. Mm-hmm. Like, they are both younger than me. Steve's about six months younger than me. Um, and Dom... Um, Dom is exactly a year younger than me. So Dom's like a year mm-hmm. and three days younger than me or something like that. Um, but yeah, they were both kids at the time. And, and and again, now you look at them and you think, bloody hell, like what they've done in their mm-hmm. 20s is phenomenal. Um, but they they offered me, so I, I must have had maybe, I can't remember exactly, but maybe like four or 500,000 followers at this point, maybe mm-hmm. a bit more. Um, they offered me 1,500 pounds for the pages that I had. Um, and at the time, like I'd never, ever seen that amount of money in mm-hmm. my life. Think, you know, even when I worked at Sainsbury's, I'd come home every month with about 800 quid because I was a kid. Yeah. Um, even, even though I worked night shift, but 
even to me then that was a lot of money. Mm -hmm. One thousand five hundred pounds. I'm sure a lot of people listening to this would say, yeah, that, you know, was was that's huge. Was huge money, mm -hmm. and I, you know, I was like, oh my god, like I've never seen that amount. Like mm -hmm. never, you know, couldn't even like fathom what that would, what that would do for me at the time I was a student like mm -hmm. that would have lasted me like you know like six months um again again luckily I was I was kind I was living at my dad so I had um I had very little like expenditure to pay to pay him but like I had a student loan coming in and like I was like oh my god like this is gonna change everything mm -hmm. but I also knew that what I had was worth a lot more than 1,500 pounds mm -hmm. I didn't Definitely. think it was worth like what yeah. what it actually was, I was probably like, oh, if, like if they'd offered if they'd offered me ten, I probably would have taken it. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? But like, social chain was it did we didn't have a, I think I think Steve had an an, an idea a name um, a name idea. Um, so they'd be they'd basically been building pages for Steve's previous business, Wallpark, which was kind of like a online student notice board. Mm -hmm. um, and then they'd left when they realised that the value wasn't in the website, the value was in the pages that they built. So um, we came together, started kind of continuing to build these pages. And uh, I went and met meet them in the February of 2014. So early February 2014, I went and I, I met them. Um, and I, <laughs> I remember they're taking us to, um, oh, what's it called in Manchester, in the Hilton, the like... It's like one of the bars that are really high up anyways. And I was like, mm -hmm. oh my God, I was there in my like 14 pound dress from like <laughs> wherever it was from H&M and like <laughs> these little pumps. Honestly, I looked ridiculous, but um, I was like, wow, this is like insane. Is this like, is this the potential for, 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 for my life? Um, and bear in mind, like they didn't have anything back then. Mm -hmm. They were just kind of putting on a bit of a show. Mm -hmm. We li we literally stayed in their one of their friends' mam's flats. Like <laughs> and like, no wonder my mum and dad were like, "Oh my god, you're going to Manchester by yourself to meet these two strangers." Because when I arrived <laughs> at their like friends' mam's flat, I was like, "So like, we're not staying in like a hotel or anything." Like yeah. I had no problem yeah. with it, but I was with like these two strange boys off the internet. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so yeah, I met them then, and then. We we were just kind of like I said, building, growing. They tried to convince me to drop out of university, but I was like, no, I'm three years in. Like I've only got a couple of months left. Yeah. Um. At that point, I don't think, I don't think any of us really knew what the potential was. I especially was really like worried about throwing this career away and yeah. you know all of this. But um, it was in the April of the 2014 that we really kind of understood like what the power that we had was with the communities and the pages that we'd built so mm -hmm. we basically this um we partnered with this app called tippy tap and it was one of those apps like where it's it, like similar piano tiles so you like um you know you avoid the the white tiles or, or whatever whatever you mm -hmm. have to do um and we partnered with them to kind of get them downloads um and instead I've got the messages on Facebook somewhere but I asked I asked Dom I was like oh what's the link and he was like Dom was Dom genius was like no let's not post the link and then what I said was let's tell people not to download it mm -hmm. so we went live across you know at the time we maybe, maybe had about 20 20 Twitter pages mm -hmm. um Dom on student problems would say like do not download tippy tap you'll ruin your degree like you'll fail fail your degree mm -hmm. um like on Sims Logic, I'd put something like in this format that I would write, but like do not download Tippy Tap or like um, 
like house on fire, downloads tippy tap, like stuff like that. <laughs> um, and it, in two weeks, we got tippy tap two million downloads. Uh, that's crazy. And then at that point, we were all like, we might actually have something mm-hmm. here. And that was the birth of social chain, kind of becoming something, mm-hmm. um, becoming something, you know, real. Um, I mean, if you could go back to that time, what made you know that it was the right decision? I don't know, just this like unrelenting belief that it was like powerful and worthwhile. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it I just, I think from that moment on, from the moment that we got that many downloads for Tippy Tap, I was like, if we can do this for an app, like who else can we do this yeah. for? Um, also, you know, like Steve had, you know, very like unrelenting belief that like this is this mm-hmm. is going to do well you know um same with Dom and, and and those guys were were amazing at that point you know kind of reassuring me I think because because they'd had a bit of experience in business for maybe the past year or whatever it was with them mm-hmm. um they were a bit more kind of understanding than I was um but yeah I just I just knew it was it was it was weird and it was um especially like in the in the September after uni when my like friends started going to their teaching jobs mm-hmm. and it was at that point that we um we were co-sharing a space in London and we were going down every Monday to London on the train sharing an Airbnb and coming home every Friday and like mm-hmm. I was like this is such a direction that I didn't think I was going in whilst yeah. all my teacher friends were you know teaching their reception class mm-hmm. or you know did you ever like, like did you ever have not not any regrets but in that moment in time like did you ever wonder like what if or were yeah. you just did you kind of just look at this point and be like no I know this is the right direction for me I think a lot of 20 somethings experience that where they're kind of like they've taken a path but they're looking at what everyone else is doing and they're like if I'd taken that path where would I be? Yeah, sort of I, I kind of, I think I did a little bit at that time. But on the other hand, like it was so exciting. Mm-hmm. It was so exciting to be like, you know, going down uh, going down to London and doing this and working with, with these people and, um, and and all of this. And yes, it was hard, but I don't think, I don't think I ever like really questioned it. I mean, summer holidays, I would have loved to retain those, like <laughs> the six weeks off or good times. Um but no, teachers deserve those. I don't yeah. deserve those holidays um, for sure. So, yeah. um, but no, I don't think those. I, I think like my parents and people around me were a bit worried, but yeah. I don't think I was. And I think it was like almost like this, like young naivety mm-hmm. that, like, you know, of course it's going to do well. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, not, not all businesses do do well. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I was like like trust me like I remember people being like well well no like you need to get a proper job or like Mm. and this is at the time that like in the summer before um like between when I'd finished uni and um like when we'd start going down to London and things like that where I would literally sit at home all day on my laptop and obviously to my dad or you know whoever that would just look like I was playing around on my laptop and I was like mm-hmm. no like I promise like I'm doing mm-hmm. I'm, I'm doing stuff here but that that at that point like I was earning nothing really I was earning, I think it's like five or six hundred quid a month ish mm-hmm. so um I can see why it was like no you need to like 
get a, like get a job and I was like no like this is this is my job mm-hmm. um <laughs> having to convince them yeah but now obviously the the most proud people yeah. in the world and they're very very they're like I knew it I knew you'd yeah, do it I knew I knew what I'd do as well <laughs> yeah so social chain obviously it never just stayed you Dom and Stephen it very 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 quickly grew and you ended up at one stage, managing a team of 750 mm. or having 750 in the organization. Can you talk us a little bit through that scale and how you felt as a 20 something going through a, a scale up of a company of that size? Yeah. Cause you were there from the very, very start to. It was, it was one, an unreal experience. Mm. Um, because we were all 20-somethings. Sometimes we were 20-somethings and 18 and 19-year-olds and, like, mm-hmm. we were all just having an absolute blast. It was like university, but, like, you've got a job while you're doing it. Like, mm-hmm. it was such a phenomenal... Like, I can't describe, like, the experience of that. Like, mm-hmm. to have so many young people all kind of striving towards one goal and all celebrating, you know, these these amazing wins and everything like that. And obviously with that came a lot of um, difficulty and, uh, you know, like struggles. Some people, I think it got too much for some people. Um, you know, you, you have people who... Um, who joined at a certain point where it was say maybe 10 people and then when it got to 20 or 30 it changes really quickly mm-hmm. and a lot of people struggled with adapting to that because you have you know your life is one thing where you come into work it's a family every day and then you know six months to a year later you come in and you don't talk to the people who you used to talk to because mm-hmm. it's grown it's grown beyond that and that I think that was difficult for some people and yeah it was it was it was difficult for me I think Initially, um, I found it hard to like find my people, like to find um, because everyone was was young, but had different like different you know um, hobbies and things like that. And as we grew, I, I, I kind of found found that, and mm-hmm. I got I got a lot like happier there. Um, but I think initially, I, I kind of I was good at my job, obviously, but I felt like a bit of a, a bit of an outsider up until we got to a point where like we were you know, becoming more and more, um, more and more diverse. Like I, I was like the only female for a while and then like more females, obviously mm-hmm. as we grew, you know, it got, it got to a point where, where there was more females, but yeah, I, str- I struggled with that a little bit. Um, and I, str- I struggled with so many things I struggled with so mm-hmm. many things I can remember struggling with, um, like they're struggling with, with leadership. Mm-hmm. For, for for one you know I was what 20 21 22 when I had my first team and I'd never had a team before <laughs> like that was scary and I just mm-hmm. had to like learn how to do it and mm-hmm. like I remember um there was one there was one time must there must have been maybe about 10 or 12 of us in social chain at this time and I had maybe a team of team of like th- three or four maybe some like um people who like worked from home as well. So I had a, a team, a, a small team. And I remember being petrified because one of my team members um, who worked in the office would come in late every day, would start at 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember thinking like, God, I'm going to have to tell him and being so scared mm-hmm. for that meeting to tell someone that 
you know, that they needed to come in on time. <laughs> and I was like, why am I the scared one? Yeah. But like, like I was so non, I was so not confident, like so like scared of like leadership. But I think that kind of just chucking myself in the deep end and learning how to do it, like helped me so much in like mm-hmm. building my confidence, building an understanding of like people um and, and get into like where I am today but like yeah it was mm. it, I, I struggled a lot I I, st- I still um something I still struggle with and I've struggled with the whole time is like I um like I'm like an empath I feel like that word's been thrown around a lot recently mm-hmm. um you know on social and things like but but I am and it's fundamentally why I think I'm good at social is because I can put myself in, in other people's shoes yeah um on the flip side of that, I put myself in other people's shoes without without wanting to sometimes. Mm-hmm. So that I really struggle and I still do. I've got that right. I really struggle with like giving people like negative feedback or mm-hmm. like even constructive feedback. I find hard um, because I feel bad for them and I feel like, yeah. oh God, they're going to like that. They're, they're going to be, you know, be sad at this or like mm-hmm. or um not take this well or or anything think, like that do you think it's like there's quite an emotional tie to that as well like you know you don't want to you feel quite emotionally inv- especially when you create something from the beginning because it's it's out of love so you created all those pages because you just love the things yeah. you were talking about and you obviously cared so passionately about that and I think it's probably then very hard to in, in any of those situations you're putting yourself into someone else's shoes who you probably think well, I've come into this with so much emotion and love and, and passion. And then I kind of think that you care just as much as me. And if you care as much as me, how would I feel if yeah. I was in that situation? Yeah, it's mm-hmm. it's it's definitely it's definitely that. It's like it's like um, how I describe it is you know if you've ever seen the Green Mile, I think he's called John. He's the he's the big guy who can feel who basically can like take on or feel other people's pain. Yeah, like that's how I feel, and it's mm-hmm. like. Um, in, situ- in situations like that or in situations, you know, where we've had to let someone go or there's been redundancies or whatever whatever mm-hmm. it might be, like I will get home and my body will literally shut down mm-hmm. because I'm like, it's almost like my brain's like disassociating with it because I can literally feel everything and mm-hmm. it like, it kills me. And that's something that I will struggle with mm-hmm. for a long, long time. Um, Were your other co-founders the same in that or do you think they had different I think very different and I think that's why it worked. worked, I know know Steve's very different to Dom and I'm very different to both of them. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I'm not sure Mm -hmm. what's what's Obviously you've got to where you are today so you must have used that emotional tie and um, empathy and stuff like that to your strengths at start at times. 100%, 100%. How did you kind of use it to get ahead in leadership or to really understand how you could be a good leader? I think um I think what that does is is it makes me, you know, it makes me lead by example. It makes me, mm. you know, want to get my hands dirty to to show people that like I'm not just going to tell you what to do. I'll I'll I'll, I'll do it and mm-hmm. I'll I'll work with you. I think I think well I I hope anyway that people who've worked with me like really respect me and really respect that like I genuinely give a crap about them. Like if you know if they are having a bad day or if they you know uh, are struggling with their mental health or anything like that, like mm-hmm. that they can come and talk to me because I ge- I 
genuinely care about them mm -hmm. and then on, on you know as well as that I genuinely care about like their progression and like them doing mm -hmm. well in their careers like that's what drives me it's not the you know it's not the money it's not you know yeah. it's not um anything like that what drives me is like oh yes I get mm -hmm. to give this person a promotion today because they've yeah. hit all their KPIs and like yeah that's gonna make them so happy and then I'll go home and I'll be like yay yeah um so there's the there's the the, the positives and, yeah. and the negatives of it but 100% no it, it definitely um mm -hmm. I, I just I just care about people a lot. I just I just do, and it, it has its it has its downsides, and it definitely has its upsides. Mm -hmm. Do you think that you would, if you hadn't got approached by by Dom, do you think you would have ever looked to monetize your platform and use it in a way on your own, or do you think, think that it was just an opportunity that opened a new door yeah, for you? I think I I think I would have monetized it. So I I did monetize it very very like small amounts before mm -hmm. um before they met. So there was like these websites where you could like put links on your page and if you yeah. got clicks and stuff like that. But um like affiliate base. Yeah, stuff, yeah, I think I would have like, you know, reached out to to companies and things like that. But I don't think I would have ever got to the point mm -hmm. um where where I am now. Because I'm just not that. Well, I wasn't that kind of person. Mm -hmm. I think. I think me now. If that happened. If that happened to me now, and I have all this experience, then yes, hundred percent. But mm -hmm. at that point, like I just wasn't. I just did. I didn't even know what like business was. Mm -hmm. I, like I it just, like I didn't even. I wouldn't have had a clue. I was never ever driven to start a business. Whereas yeah. you look at Stephen, he wanted to start a business from when Literally he was day when dot. he was yeah. five. Yeah. I wanted to be a teacher when I was five. Yeah. Um, but I just don't. I just th the world was very closed mm -hmm. to me. Mm -hmm. it was very very closed. Um, you know, I think you look at where I grew up, Washington, northeast of England. Like it, there wasn't. Mm -hmm. the, the, there wasn't anything like that it was like you you're either you're either a teacher or you go into like medicine um or like I just didn't even know that things like this like mm -hmm. that businesses or I didn't even know like marketing companies existed that's how naive I was like mm -hmm. I was very much I just I think the opportunity came along and I'm I'm glad that I took it and it took a lot for me to take that opportunity it yeah. really really did because it was like it was like scary and like mm -hmm. obviously the like, unknown and the obviously, unknown yeah but I just yeah. had this inkling that like what we had what I had was like was something special like no, yeah. no one else had no mm -hmm. one else in my friendship group no one else I knew mm -hmm. did what I did yeah so I was like this is there's something here mm -hmm. Talking about having your friend, your friendship group around you and kind of the people you surrounded yourself with, how has that impacted your life? Because I know from from doing my research and stuff like that, that you believe that obviously who you surround yourself with is ultimately who you end up being like. And, you know, it has got you to where you are today. How has, you know, transforming your circle to a lot of people who wanted to be teachers just like you um, to kind of people who were business minded and I'm sure there were lots of different people that you've met along the way. Mm. How has that, that impacted you? I would say every, every kind of phase has impacted me a lot, but I have, I would like to think that I've retained every like phase of my life in terms of like 
people around me. So mm-hmm. I'm still best friends with my friendship group from school. Mm-hmm. Like best friends. We have a WhatsApp group. We talk every single day. Yeah. We went away for New Year. Best friends. They are the most wonderful mm-hmm. group of people um, who like... My best friend was in the army, but she's now a, a firefighter. Um, I have one friend who is a physician, a physician's associate, um, like a pharmacist. Um, one of my friends is a manager at McDonald's. Like, and like, so they've I, all gone in completely different directions, completely but you've all stayed direct. really close. Stayed so so yeah. close. And like, I if I ever lose that, I will like. Yeah. really hate myself for yeah. that if I mm-hmm. ever lose that group of people number one um and also that like like that what like Washington northeast of England if I if I ever lose my accent if I ever, like I will <laughs> like honestly I I am so proud of like where I come from mm-hmm. who who my friends are and like I, I love that so, so much and I'll retain that for the rest of my life. And if I don't, then I'll look back and I'll be like, you stupid person because yeah. I will hate myself <laughs> for it. Um, and then obviously you kind of, you move, move the, the teacher friends at uni still are in touch with them. Maybe yeah. not as much because I haven't, you know, sp- spent as much time with them. And as you, as you, um, as you grow and like, life's hard it's hard to keep in touch with yeah. so many people because mm-hmm. you've only got a certain amount of time. And obviously I'm in Manchester and they're, majority in the northeast but i love them all Mm -hmm. um i saw them at a wedding over the summer which was which was amazing um and then you move into like the the work the work um people and again i've made absolute friends for life and so many people have taught me so so much Mm -hmm. um i remember my friend my friend charlotte um who is business director at social change was maybe about number 25 or 30 um i remember learning so much from her um like I used to be so shy in like meetings. There's no way I could have done this, you know, six, six, seven years ago, sat in front yeah. of a of a microphone and, and spoken like this. And I'm Charlotte is so confident <laughs> in the way that she speaks. Um, she can pick up a phone and she can solve every every single problem that there is. Yeah. Um, she can s- sit and speak in, in any room in front of anyone. Uh, learned that from her, but also learned, you know, how to be an amazing friend. She's fantastic. Um, like there's there's so many people along the way that I've like learned from and. Like whether that's personal or, or, or professional, like Steve, for example, getting up on stage um, and just being able to be confident in it and speak. Um, but also in terms of business for, from Steve, like he's he is probably like the opposite of me in terms, maybe not the opposite, but he knows how to get around that, like, um, like worrying too much about people like he will protect yeah. the standard of, of work because he, know, mm-hmm. he knows that that's his job. Um, and he almost has to put like those like emotional emotions second so I've learned that from him I've watched a video of him recently where he said he looks on his business decisions like he's watching a video game yeah and he looks at like what the best next step would be for the business and I think that's a really good way of taking your emotions out of the situation and going right actually what is the best next step yeah for me as a business owner and I think that's hard when you're so invested in something like that it's hard to like take that step away and and and, and disconnect yourself from from the emotional side of things and and I I I admire him for that um obviously it's hard at the time and I'd like it's something that I need to work on but again on the flip side of that that's like that's why I have done what I've done is because I do have that like Mm -hmm. that empathy that people think but it is what it is a weakness that I do flag whereas Steve can you know there was there was times where um 
you know, Steve had to let his best friend go from social chain. Mm-hmm. Um, and We've had Ash on the podcast, yeah. actually. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. he, Steve had to let, let Ash go. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have been able to do that. No. Especially not then. Maybe now. And they're still best now friends now. They're yeah, still exa- best friends exactly, now. So exactly. obviously it didn't, it didn't, it didn't and end it, and it was yeah. the, And it was the best thing for the business at yeah. the time. Um, and Ash will say that. Ash will say yeah. 100% he needed He did he needed on the podcast. He go. said it was, yeah, he needed um, that. But there's no way I could. I I would I would have um, at the time I would have buggered buggered that up. Yeah, really badly. But n- I mean now now because I'm more aware and I'm more aware that that is a that is one of my flaws. I think I would be able to to, mm. to do that. I think if that I you're saying self awareness is key. Yeah, you, you've flagged that maybe early. You know, earlier on in your twenties, you would have felt all of these things, but not been able to maybe label it or even identify it in your behavior but I think what what you've kind of learned and shown from from chatting on this podcast is that you can clearly identify that that has negatively impacted you in certain ways in your life and it's not it's not got you to the solutions yeah. that you've needed and so you're now actively thinking when you're taking next steps you know is this something that's holding me back in this decision and I think that's the whole part part of this this conversation is you know leadership in your 20s how how on earth do you go about it and I think the answer probably is being extremely self-aware, hundred percent, hundred percent, yeah. Self-awareness is is a is a huge thing, huge thing. I think is I think as well what's helped me with that is um, like therapy uh, mm-hmm. in like learning myself and understanding my behaviors and in, in and in understanding my my flaws. Um, massively helped. Mm-hmm. I would like a, I would recommend therapy to to anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so. I never thought I would need therapy, and, um, but then kind of two massive traumatic events happened, and I ended up, you know, needing it. But mm-hmm. regardless of dealing with those events, it's also helped me deal with things like, you know, wearing my heart on my sleeve, um, things like, you know, in work, um, putting too much pressure on myself, or um, you know, worrying that I'm letting people down if you know if I've. I don't know, not done something right Mm -hmm. or like not being Mm -hmm. able to sleep if I'm worrying about a person or things like that. Like therapy has just been absolutely Mm -hmm. phenomenal for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I would absolutely like, Mm -hmm. regardless of if you think you need it or not, like it just helps you understand like everything about yourself. It unlocks a whole different part. A hundred percent. There's Mm -hmm. been times in therapy where where I've literally just been like, whoa, I never knew that. Mm -hmm. And the therapist is like, just ask me a question and like this like memory or you know thought or feeling that I've never thought about before has come to the front of my mind and I'm like what the mm-hmm. like it is insane mm-hmm. it's so good mm-hmm. um I think one of the things I really want to talk to you about as well is obviously coming from a teaching background um how do you feel the education system is set up for today's <laughs> young people because I think that's a huge conversation yeah horrendously Mm -hmm. the education system is so flawed so flawed to to the point and obviously it's been it's been like 10 years since I was in uni so it might it might have changed Mm -hmm. um obviously I've I've kept it I don't think it has um but you know to the point where in universities on teaching courses our lecturers were saying things like oh the government says this however if you can get away with it, do it like this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, of course, of course they're saying that because you want what's best for the for the kids. And, and, and like, it's, it is just in no mm-hmm. way, shape or form set up 
to to nurture kids in a, in a you know mm-hmm. we're also seeing a generation and i don't know how you feel about this we're also seeing a generation of kids that are growing up on tiktok right or snapchat or whatever it is that they use and they're becoming creators themselves there might be you know 13 14 year olds creating incredible pages like you created when you were younger um and they're kind of getting this following like this kind of you know yeah mass kind of viral viral videos and things like that our education system has pretty much like it is not set up to kind of like encourage or nurture or or protect or protect yeah exactly like there is and i did my ted talk on 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 this about like how the education system and you know people of the older generations are are scared of it are scared of social media and and, you know rightfully so there's some there's some Mm -hmm crappy things on social and obviously like there's, there's the whole thing about like you know kids comparing themselves to to models on instagram and and, and things like that there's, there's there's a lot of like there's a lot of, of negativity but for that the you know the worst possible thing to do is to shy away from it because it's not it's not going away mm-hmm. it's accelerating at the speed of light and like we just have to accept it but with accepting it comes education, comes, you know, things like teaching kids how, how to use it, how to, you know, how to um, protect themselves from feeling like X or Y or, or, or Z. Um, and there's there's nothing as far as I'm aware in, mm-hmm. in, in the education system. Mm-hmm. Um, I went into my old school maybe about just before the pandemic, maybe, Um something like that two 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 and a half years ago I love how you ago. use that as a time yeah time yeah it was about just before the <laughs> pandemic um <laughs> but I remember I was speaking to the media studies teacher and they don't teach about social media or media studies and I was really? like I was like what like, do they oh, teach like, like, like magazines and stuff still and I'm really? like it might again it might have changed since but I'm like me like media st- are you yeah like yeah. They have kids doing these magazines. I'm like, mag- like, how many magazines have we seen? Like, yeah. go under. Oh, yeah. Like, it's, it's not, yeah. a, it's not a viable career path really anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. And like, I think we just have to accept that social is here. It's a fantastic tool where you can, you know, connect with people. You can speak to your daughter who's on the other side of the world mm-hmm. in an instant. You know, you can you can find out what people in a in a country are living their life like without even being there. You can watch a video. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's fantastic. And yes, it is damaging, but so is every other invention that's ever been invented mm-hmm. ever. Every other communication invention mm-hmm. is 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 damaging. You know, you know. The, the media has been the media for as long as for as long as it has. Newspapers have spread lies for as long as they've been newspapers. Mm-hmm. But what what we need to do as a society is work out. Is like work out like what is this good for? What is this bad for? And how do we how do we as a group of how do we as humanity kind of quell the the the, the bad side of it as mm-hmm. much as possible mm-hmm. to really like hone in on the good side totally of agree. it. Um, because it is a fantastic tool and like it brings it brings joy, it brings laughter, it brings sadness. Like it I I love social. Um mm-hmm. I love it so much. And I just think we need to um 
we need to like work out how to stop the bad and how to amplify the good because mm-hmm. there's so much good on there. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that like your your love of social media has brought you opportunities like doing a TED talk. You were also listed in Vogue's 25 most influential women in 2018, which is another incredible achievement. What's topped it for you the past eight, eight nine years? Um, there's like so many, so many cool things. Um, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think. I th- to, one of one of the the coolest things was um, being invited to speak at the NATO communications conference. Mm-hmm. I was like NATO, as in like the world like military alliance. <laughs> so it was like right, okay. So I've got to go. I'm, and they they paid me to go and speak at this thing, and I was mm-hmm. like, this is just wild. It was in Poland in Warsaw. And I just remember being there being like, this is insane. So we had like the the ministry, the um I'm positive it was like the Polish Minister for Defense was was there and like this like head of NATO like follows <laughs> me on Twitter now. And I was like, this is just like just just the weirdest thing. I don't know if that's like the top the top, but it was just one of those things. Where you one never of those things. Really. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember I finished it. I had to do two talks in one day and this this just goes to show how much I haven't changed so I did the first one and then I went and I had a nap because I was just like my adrenaline was like whoa so I just went and lay down for an hour and then got back up did the second one and just like after that sat in my room um I had like a burger and then I just like watched Anastasia <laughs> I was like this is really weird like I think like, that probably sum, sums up everything that, that you're about which yeah. I love which is really really great um we always ask our guests that come on the podcast if you've ever had a big adulting fail disaster like something maybe something linked to like your time at social chain where you were literally like I messed up big time where it can be funny. It can be something you really regret. But like, I think what we want to talk about is like everyone's, everyone makes mistakes all the time. And that's basically how we learn. Yeah. I've made so many mistakes. I'm trying to think. There's so many that I've like, like, um, like worried about and then I haven't like come into fruition. Do you ever do that thing where you're sat and you sat something and you're doing something completely different than all of a sudden a, a worry pops into your head about something you said about? five years ago that you have no control 100%. over. 100%. <laughs> I'm that person. 100%. <laughs> I remember one time um, worrying for no reason. So I was speaking to someone at Facebook um, about some of the... We'd basically acquired... Um, so Social Chain had acquired um, a, a gaming business which had gaming pages. Mm-hmm. And I was speaking to someone at Facebook about, about something separate... Um, and for some reason in my head, after that call, it popped into my mind that like it's a, it's against Facebook's terms and conditions to like buy and sell pages, which mm-hmm. which is fine. However, if it's a company that you that you acquire as a company, obviously it's mm-hmm. obviously it's fine. But in my mind I was like, oh my god, I was I was, I was saying to Facebook how we'd acquired these pages <laughs> and I didn't sleep for like two nights. And I, it took <laughs> such a while for me to be like, Hannah, it's fine. Like you, you're a business. Like you acquired another business. It's okay. Like, like. And don't... you thought you were gonna get told off by I Facebook. Thought, <laughs> I thought I was like, they're gonna shut all of our pages down. I was like, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna like 
shut the business down. I've like ruined everything. Nothing came of it. Yeah. And are, you have, an, are you an overthinker? Hundred percent. Can't tell from this conversation. Like, oh my god! I was like, honestly, I was so like petrified, and it was absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so many times where I've like said the wrong thing, or you know, done the wrong thing, sent the wrong email, or and then just in you know adulting four pars in general like adulting is really hard isn't it like yeah. <laughs> oh honestly like the amount of times where like our spare bedroom will be piled high with clothes because we just haven't adulted mm-hmm. and it's like it's just endless mm-hmm. I feel you just, honestly so much washing just, to do. Oh, honestly putting I the just, clothes away yeah. is just the worst I hate yeah. it so much but to, to the point where, so my mom stayed up hours last night. So she's she's on her way to go and see me brother. And she's like, oh, crap. She was like, I'll stop at yours. And um, obviously need to sleep in the spare room. So I had to spend like two hours yesterday putting, every, <laughs> like, putting all of our clothes away. I was like, how does it get to this point? <laughs> I love it. Well, thank you, Hannah. It's been so lovely to have you in the studio thank chatting today. Thank you so much. Um, before you go, we always end our podcast by asking one simple question. And the question is, if you could look back at 20-year-old Hannah and give her just one piece of advice, you can literally pop up for a second and give her one piece of advice. <laughs> what would you say to her? Uh, live true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Live true to yourself. Because I didn't for a long time. But you do now? But I do now. I love that. Thank you so much for coming to the studio. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Talk 20s podcast. I hope it inspired you in some way and pops a little pep in your step for this week. Got a spare minute? It would mean the absolute world if you could subscribe, leave a review or share this episode with a friend. We're on a mission to help as many 20-somethings navigate their 20s as we can and we really cannot do it without your support. We also love to hear from you. You can find us on all platforms via the handle at Talk20s. And if you're struggling with something in your 20s that we haven't already covered in the podcast, DM us and let us know so we can cover it in a future episode. And for more stories of inspiration and resources to help you make the best of your 20s, head to our website, talk20s.com.